The topics and themes on our program are generally adult in nature and may contain explicit language. Therefore, these conversations may not be suitable for younger audiences. What does being typed out mean to you? Telling your own story. It's just really, truly being who you hey, are. Hey, this is me. This is who I am. And Labels this is my space. Categorize. So we can be identified and for that reason to be excluded. The way that we integrate people into society or do not. To literally write my name and leave my ink print in the world of stories to come. <laughs> and that's it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here and uh, I exist. This is the Typed Out, Typed out. Typed out. Typed out Podcast. Hello everyone, happy Pride Month. It is June and I am so excited to be sharing today's conversation with you. If you are joining us for the first time, I am your host, Nick Palafrone. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And today's conversation, which is with the headmistress of the Venus Academy, the one and only Miss Chartreuse, we cover quite the gamut of topics. So we talk about Char being first-generation Zambian-American. We talk about the purpose of home and what that may mean. We also talk about love and the placement of Venus. So if you are into astrology, this one's definitely for you. And if you're not, I still encourage you to stick around because... We apply Venus and the importance of Venus and love into the way that we show up and treat one another, especially around the topic of oneness. And so this has just been a really cool conversation in the way that a lot of the themes that Char and I have talked about have stuck with me beyond the conversation and the editing process. So excited to share it with you. And without further delay, let's jump on into it. Okay, thanks for listening. My guest today is a first-generation Zambian-American, an incredible astrologer, the headmistress of the Venus Academy, and a renowned student of The Course in Miracles. Please welcome Miss Chartreuse. Hey, Char. Hey. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm so glad to be here with you on Venus Day. <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it Venus Day? Yeah, Friday is Venus Day. So. Oh, hey. It's lovely to connect in love, yes. Absolutely. And it's also Taurus season, which is like Venus overrules Taurus, right? Or rules over Taurus. Yes, exactly. So we're just drenched in Venus right now. <laughs> yeah, loving it, which we will dive more into Venus and, and her influence in a moment just to hear about your work through the Venus Academy. But as our listeners know, the Typed Out podcast is made possible by Audible, which is the leading provider in audiobook content. And do you have a title recommendation for our listeners? Yes. My recommendation is Marianne Williamson's book called The Law of Divine Compensation, and it's on work, money, and miracles. And I love Marianne, you know, as a student of A Course in Miracles, she has been absolutely integral to my own personal evolution. But I really love Divine Compensation because it really helps us to recognize that our compensation in the world really is not always connected necessarily to a job, but it's really about who we're being. And when we're being the truth of who we are, which is extensions of the mind of God, we are compensated in so many different, beautiful, abundant ways. And it comes from all directions. And it's just such a beautiful, quick read, very comforting, very encouraging, very empowering. And I think everybody would love it if you are into miracles and 
making your life work. Absolutely. I mean, who who wouldn't be based off of that description? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and also, and Marianne is, I believe she's running for president, isn't she? She is. I am so proud of that woman. She's my Capricorn moon twin. And, you know, me and Colin have been with her this whole time, just cheering her on and supporting her. And I'm just, I'm amazed. It's so inspiring. Like she just makes me want to be great because she stood up there in the face of no agreement and is like, here I am, I'm going to do this. And who better to have a bona fide miracle worker running the country? I'm, I'm just so proud of her and rooting for her all the way. Yeah, absolutely. And also a huge shout out for Colin for connecting you and I. Um, so thank you, Colin Bedell, uh, who was our guest early on in the show and in the in the early days of the Typed Out podcast. So, But for our listeners, if you would like to listen along to The Law of Divine Compensation by the one and only Marianne Williamson, you can go ahead and do so by beginning your 30-day Audible trial by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash typed out, and you can listen along for free, as recommended by Miss Chartreuse. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So... A bit of context for you and I as far as like our connection again through Colin but you joined us for our love always event which was back in February and I just have to say your presence there was so it was just so beautiful to have you and and what you brought to that conversation it was just so nice so thank you for joining us and I'm so happy that it has brought us to this moment and having this conversation same same you were a phenomenal host and the way that you created the space for all of us and for what we were about to partaken was so beautiful and again that was like valentine's day week it was uh, i'm just like i I have goosebumps like the moment you said that because i remember just the essence and the feeling of sharing that moment with you and everybody who was there so i'm so grateful yeah thank you it was it was really special you know and it's one of those things that i will certainly remember as just a real community beginning to form you know yes yeah so but with that in mind, Shar, if I may, what does being typed out mean to you? Ooh, be, oh gosh, this really excites me. I was waiting for this moment. Being typed out for me, it's like, for me, I have always felt like I, the way I approach the world, the way I view the world is 180 degrees, kind of opposite of your typical societal expression out in the world and I just always felt like unique and weird and queer and just seeing things from a really unique and different perspective yeah when it comes to how I love and how I connect with others and what I feel like my higher purpose is I feel like that is in itself just typed out as just being a very unique expression but then I also see that you know, everybody is special and nobody is special and everybody is unique and there are 7 billion unique views on this planet. And so everybody can be typed out in their own ways, but I feel like it's just really important for us to be self-expressed and to share and transform the paradigm of relating on this planet. And so transforming relationships and just being very unique in that expression to me is my embodiment of being typed out. Yeah, snaps to all of that. 
Yes. So thank you. And also like another thing was like you and I were having a conversation, you know, over Instagram, which I was like, wow. I mean, one, I already knew that I wanted to get you on this show, but just based off of what we were talking about and your experience being first generation zombie and American and how that has influenced your life. Because as you mentioned, there's, you know, 7 billion people on this earth and every single person is going to have an individual story to tell whether or not there are elements of our stories that overlap one another everyone's experience is going to be different. And so through our conversation, you were just saying how I thought there was this beautiful element that you brought to it, which was about home and finding home. Mm. And would you mind elaborating for our listeners just your point there about about this search for home and what that may mean? Mm, Yeah. (sighs) Well, ultimately, I have traveled and been all over the globe. And what I've come to find is that my home is within it's in my head it's within me deep inside but when it comes to a geographical home location just have a pretty interesting perspective on that you know especially as a first generation zambian so i'm raised by both my parents were born and raised in zambia in africa and they got married there after completing school my father came here to complete his extra PhD graduate degrees and all of that. And so I was the first person out of my entire bloodline born in the upper peninsula of Michigan. That in itself is just really strange, I think. It's like, how can my parents (laughs) go from like the equator to like upper Michigan and I'm born in like the freaking UP and like not even like Detroit or something cool like that. (laughs) But um, so yeah, Africans like coming up to the States and I'm like, I feel like I am such a sort of divestment from the typical African person. And this concept of home, like I, you know, when I go back to Zambia, last time I was there was over a decade ago. Um, When I go back to Zambia and I'm there, you know, the way I speak, my accent itself, like the kids at the schools are like laughing at me and I get it. I like, I sound funny to them, but I look like them. And so, you know, even in Zambia, I'm kind of a foreigner there. You know, I live in Chicago and here, you know, even when people here talk to me, they're like, oh, you don't, you don't sound like you're from the city. Where'd you grow up? I'm like, well, I grew up in the Northwest suburbs and kind of a foreigner in the city of Chicago. And then even just being a black woman in America, of course, you are otherized. And um, when I met my ex-husband, he and I started building in Trinidad and Tobago and the West Indies and the Caribbean. And we lived there for a while and I was like, oh my God, it's so great to live in an all black and brown country. It's so peaceful. There's not this, you know, sense of otherness in that way. But even there, I was like, damn, like I almost got burned at the stake for being like a little too witchy. And I was like so surprised because I was like, y'all live at the equator. You live so much closer to the earth. You know, you have all this natural abundance around you. Like, wouldn't you be interested in what I'm interested in but you know me and my crystals and my crystal bowls and wanting to give birth naturally at a midwife center and wanting to save my placenta like all of that they were just like whoa they were totally spooked I was like this obia woman to them and obia is kind of like this term they have for like witches like witchy type of people and you know even there I was like still this odd person out and my husband at the time he is 30 years older than me. And so when people found out I was African, they're like, 
so do like African women typically marry men that are so much older than that? I'm like, no, not really. Like I'm just this weird anomaly. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like I've traveled around. I've been a lot of different places looking for home, wanting to create a home and just kind of ended up back here in the Midwest in Chicago. And I feel like ultimately like on the globe, the Midwest is probably always going to feel like the most comfortable region, you know, of home mm. to me. But at the same time, like I, I can really see that this world is not my home and the true home is, you know, within and in source and connected to God and spirit and really embracing my spirit identification over my bodily identification has truly given me the sense of home because it is not on this planet for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And it's it's true. Like if you are able to carry home with you wherever you go, yeah. you know, it's like what what would what would stop you? You'd be unstoppable if you were able to find that sense of comfort and belonging no matter where you are. And I that's what I'm also seeing too is like when when I was on that quest and we we're building in, in Trinidad and building a house and I still felt like this foreigner, what I can really see was like during those period that period of time when I was married, it's like I didn't really know myself, you know, otherwise I probably would not have married the person that I did and it was fun and it was enjoyable for the time. But I was definitely like creating home in other people, in other lands, and not necessarily totally in tune and in touch with my inner riches, which then will give me this ability to be at home wherever I'm at, even though I am, you know, some kind of strange foreigner everywhere I go. So Yeah. And I would love to dive in. Well, one, I think it's so fascinating that like even living in Trinidad, how people were othering you based off of your beliefs and the things that you connect with spiritually. And uh, one, would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of background about the work that you do? Um, and then also how that sort of kind of culminated in a, a weird experience, or I should say maybe a bit of an othering experience. Sure. Um, so like right now, I am focused on relationship consulting in the Venus Academy. And I work with people on understanding the depths of their Venus sign, which influences how one expresses love and shares it, and also how one wants to be appreciated and how we want to receive love. And so kind of going backwards, like how I came, how I came to this Venus Academy work was, you know, just being a general astrologer. And then I owned a metaphysical boutique with my ex-husband. And so we were always just surrounded by crystals and we had these like big copper meditation pyramids and just a bunch of, you know, weird metaphysical stuff. So, you know, crystals, copper jewelry, handcrafted incense, all of these things were just like part of the services and products that we would provide to the community. Yeah. From that, yeah. So like in that phase of my life, you know, as this metaphysical practitioner and teacher, um, I really wanted just to have like a natural birth. I never got any ultrasounds. I like found the one midwife center in the entire land of Trinidad and Tobago up in the main capital city. And everybody around me was like, why do you, why don't you just go to the hospital right here? It's just around the corner. Why do you want to travel two hours up to do a natural birth and why? And I'm like, leave me alone, you know? But right. People are so meddling there. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I gave birth and 
ended up actually transferring to the hospital because my labor lasted 24 hours, somewhere around the 20th hour. It was like four in the morning and it was like a thunderstorm going on. And they're like, oh, I think we should just send you to the hospital. I was like, well, fuck, okay. So we ended up going there, gave birth. And at the end, um, after, of course, my daughter, 11, was born, I like asked the nurse, I was like, can I have my placenta, please? And they're like, what? I'm like, um, can I just have my placenta? Like, what do you, they're like, what do you want with it? I was like, just can I have it, please? Like, <laughs> It belongs to me. Yeah, this is a part of my insides. Like, why am I arguing with you about something that just came out of my vagina, okay? God right. damn. But, and so, like, they wouldn't even let me put it in the freezer. <laughs> they're like, that's gross. Like, what's wrong with this woman? So the very last thing I heard was, like, it came out of my vagina. Cut off. <laughs> Skype was like, I'm sorry, but we can't. (laughs) That really sucks that you didn't get to fulfill your intent with the placenta. Well, so with Venus and focusing on love and relationships, how could we use our Venus placement for anybody that follows along with astrology? How could we use Venus and the power of Venus to influence um, something like society or culture or the ways that we interact with one another? Oh, yes. The Venus is basically, to me, it feels like the key to everything. And I might place a little bit more weight on Venus because for me, it's in my 12th house. And that's the house of, you know, completion and oneness. But Venus is love. And love is all there is. Love is, excuse me, love is what makes the world go round. And so I think when we can really understand our own particular brand of love, whether it's through our love language or how we want to receive love, then that is our highest and best expression in the world. And so that's why I've kind of chosen to focus on Venus and then apply it on the court of our relationships. Hmm. Venus in the different elements, that's what I usually like to focus on, whether you have like a fire or an air or a water or an earth, Venus is going to manifest differently in its expression. So for me, having venus and cancer in the 12th house and the 12th house is naturally a water house because it's ruled by pisces another water sign and so the way that i love is very emotional very nurturing all of the cancerian keywords of kind of motherhood and just that sort of unconditional very open heart bleeding very nurturing kind of expression and somebody with like an earth venus is going to be a little bit more about you know loving in the material realm and through acts of service and showing you through their actions and like building and providing and being really structured and an air venus is going to bring the essence of like friendship and connection and communication and being social and connecting people and really kind of being a little bit more detached but more universal and then fire venus brings the passion and the intensity and the independence but also the warmth and the vibrance sort of flavor of love so when you understand how your venus is best expressed then you can bring that into not only your intimate partnerships but into your friendships into your workspace and when you work with the high octave expression of your Venus sign, then that is really when we end up glowing and magnetizing everything that's for us. And if we're not, then we kind of end up in these sort of codependence dynamics and just not in such an empowering expression of who we're really here to be in our curriculum for our life. 
Yeah. And I really want to take this opportunity to connect this into the work that not only you, but Colin and Marianne have done with A Course in Miracles, which is, I have the book, forgive me, I haven't dove into it as much as I should have. But from my understanding, it's it's a number of lessons through which you shift your perception from fear to love, correct? Yes. Okay. And that's considered, that is the definition of a miracle, is a shift in perception from fear to love. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so understanding the way that you love, the way that you communicate love, like your Venus placement, as as we were just talking about, can be instrumental in making that shift from fear to love. Completely. Totally. Yes. Okay. And so we can use that, like for, for those of us that subscribe to astrology and, and the principles there, and also even A Course in Miracles, for anybody that is interested in, in pursuing um, learning more about that. Uh, I think that sort of lays the groundwork for figuring out how you can connect, again, beyond your intimate partnerships, beyond your friendships, but how you can sort of meet someone at an eye-to-eye level. Yes, absolutely. Where's your Venus, Nick? Uh, Taurus, believe it or not. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. What is it called when when like you're, the planet is in the house that it, it rules over? Is there a term for that? So it's like there's rulership, then there's exaltation, then there's detriment, and then fall, and then peregrine. So your Venus is in the sign of rulership, which means that your loving expression with Venus and Taurus, since Venus rules Taurus, is completely free to be self-expressed exactly as it desires. And so it's just in its full power, its full ownership. It's not necessarily restricted by being in a different sort of modality. So that's that's powerful. I think that your self-expression and even what you do here with Typed Out is such a beautiful demonstration of a very powerful Venus energy. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, Venus. Yes, Taurus. <laughs> We're here for her. Yes. <laughs> it's Taurus season. Everybody turn up. Yes, totally. I love it. So I have a question as far... Well, you posted something on uh, social recently regarding cancel culture. And it's something that I would love to dive into because I think that especially with investigation into Venus and understanding Venus and with you being the headmistress of the Venus Academy, um, when it comes to cancel culture, I feel like sometimes that can come from a lack of, if I dare, love and understanding for someone. Yes. And so if you wouldn't mind even just addressing a bit of just your idea and approach to or ideas around cancel culture and maybe perhaps how we can use Venus and perhaps A Course in Miracles in order to sort of rectify or redress the balance. Oh, yeah. Cancel culture is just exhausting and irritating to me. And, you know, I guess me being judgmental about people canceling others is you know, its own thing. But, you know, my point with this is that people are very quick to jump on other people for making mistakes. And I am of the minds that if you've never made a mistake, then don't start throwing stones. At the core of who we all are, everybody is innocent. Everybody is holy. Everybody is pure. We're all extensions of thoughts and ideas in the mind of God. And we are not our behaviors so you know people will be quick to label people as narcissists or people will be like oh this person is completely toxic and I get that there is behavior that is narcissistic and there is behavior that is toxic and 
that's what is not productive. But at the true core of who all of us are, it's love. We're all extensions in the mind of God and we're all holy innocent. And I love that The Course in Miracles really talks about mistakes and atonement. And I like that because it goes beyond this sort of dichotomy of right and wrong or good and bad or good and evil. Like nobody is ultimately evil or bad. And, you know, even there's no such thing as like really right or wrong. Everything just is. Everything is. Everything is what it is. It's all wholly neutral. Everything is meaningless. And we as humans, we ascribe the meaning to everything in life. And so when people make mistakes, people say offensive things or people, you know, just fall short of the glory and miss the mark, like we've all done it in some level. And there's always space for atonement. There's always a way to restore integrity. And when we are so quick to cancel people for their shitty behavior, it's like just this final judgment day where people aren't able to miss the mark and atone and restore integrity. And there's no order of difficulty in miracles. There's no order in relationships. Like there's no, you know, one thing that's like you, this is the unforgivable sin and you've done the one thing that can never be rectified. And I know there's a lot of shitty things that people do and things that aren't excusable. And I'm not, you know, saying that people can just have free reign to behave however they want to behave. But if we are here to be the light of the world, we're here to basically be on a forgiveness tour for a living. And a lot of the time it comes back to me forgiving myself and forgiving myself for making the choices that I've made and for engaging in partnerships that I've engaged in. And, you know, just forgiving myself for whatever I feel like I might have done that missed the mark. And I feel like this is something that absolutely has to be extended to everybody without exception. And so people will be very quick to be like, well, um, you know, love is all there is and I love everybody except for Donald Trump. And I get that. I mean, I really understand the impact that he has had on our planet. But we also want to remember that anything that isn't love is a hallucination and never actually happened. And we need to really shift our perspectives from what we see in the world to understanding that we're all spirit beings or all parts of the mind of God. We all have our roles to play. And when we're seeing something that might not be what we want or doesn't feel like is right, you know, quote unquote, there's always a way that we can shift our perspective about that. And, you know, we can enforce our boundaries. We can say no. Sometimes the loving answer is, not on my watch. I'm not going to engage in this. You know, yeah. so there's ways of being and dealing with it. But to so just cancel people outright and not give the space for atonement or restoring integrity is just such a waste. And it's like this holier than thou sort of sanctimonious thing when we're all in this together. And I totally think, well, one, like cancel culture and this sort of quick response. Um, that people have to things. And I a hundred percent agree with you that there are certain things that like definitely need to have more weight ascribed to them depending on the severity of the situation. You know, certain things do need to have repercussion attached to them. Yes. But when it comes to certain thoughts or statements or behaviors, as it were, um, with this immediate response of saying like, 
you've said this, I can't believe that I'm writing you off, like, and, and putting somebody in this sort of box of being a bad person, or like, they're, I don't even know what the right way to phrase that would be. But it, it, just sort of saying that, like, you've made the error. And therefore, you can no longer be considered as part of the conversation. I think one, it it comes from a place of fear, but not only does it come from a place of fear, but it generates this frequency of fear where it's like, I even know myself that because this cancel culture exists and I'm stepping into the work that I'm doing and having the conversations that I'm having, which sometimes do get uncomfortable, yes. you worry about, oh my God, what if I say the wrong thing? Like, will somebody write me off even though... And I know not everything can be overlooked because of good intent, right? Sometimes good intent ends with bad results. Totally. But at the same point in time, it's like, I feel like we will begin to operate in this way that everyone is afraid to say something, express something, and we ignore true thought and interaction with the fear of stepping out of line and being canceled. Yes, so. Yes, and then it ends up being that you're walking on eggshells or afraid to like speak your truth because you might offend somebody, but there's no one thing really I think on the planet that every single person can unanimously agree on. I mean, I think the one unifying thing that can connect all of us is love and that's like ultimately it, but you know, even if it comes to even like things like murder, like it's hard to even be totally objective about that because maybe somebody might have had some reason for doing that if somebody's like breaking into their house like is it you know it's like there's so many different gray areas with all these mistakes and these choices and these actions that we can take but there's always there's always an opportunity for atonement and there's always ways of being and ways we can communicate to restore integrity and I'm a lot more for integrity restoration over apologies yeah that's kind of what i was writing about the other day like apologies can sometimes be inauthentic because you know when we're saying things we aren't necessarily we're being what we're being in that moment and sometimes we aren't sorry for that but when we recognize that we've made a mistake but there's always a way that we can communicate and restore integrity which is by acknowledging what we were being acknowledging if we broke our word acknowledging the impact you know, that it had on the other people that are involved and like sharing what you are committed to moving forward in life. And we can always rejuvenate and be reborn. And, you know, as a Gemini, I believe that I die and am reborn every day as a new, fresh, blank slate person. And I absolutely will extend that to anybody. You, I totally just had like three thoughts during everything that you just said. <laughs> um, the first being that uh, when it comes to apologies, right? It, that too is a form of socialized behavior yeah. because we've sort of created this equation where it's like, if you do something wrong, the way to solve that is by apologizing, yeah. which not every apology is heartfelt, yeah. right? It's just like, if I say sorry, therefore I'll be excused for what I've done. Right. But are you learning from it? Are you moving on with a better sense of self so that that doesn't happen again? Right. So I, I love where the integrity comes in with that. And also I was having a conversation with a friend recently, sort of in this in this vein of like, there's a difference between closure and forgiveness. Mm. And I was saying that closure, uh, you know, just through having a conversation with him, he was talking about how forgiveness 
should be a conversation between two people. And I said, no, there's a difference. I said, that's closure. Mm-hmm. Whereas forgiveness comes from within. Forgiveness isn't necessarily a conversation that needs to be between you and another person because there are instances in life, and I think all of us have been through this um, or will go through this, where it's like you want to extend forgiveness, but that person is no longer here. Yeah. And so whether it's a distance, um, whether they have estranged themselves from you or they're just no longer a part of this physical world, there isn't that opportunity for forgiveness to have that conversation. So the forgiveness must come from within. Yes. Whereas if you're having a conversation and you want to kind of put a button on a situation that has happened, that is closure. Yes. You totally nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) So I think that also ties into apologies where it's like, is the apology coming because you need closure for something where it's like the behavior that I've instated didn't make me feel right. And I want to honor the integrity of the relationship between myself and this person. Or is it a matter of like, let me just say sorry so that I can, we can just move on from this, but I'm not really learning from what has happened. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you can see it with like celebrity apologies and then a celebrity will apologize and everybody will tear that down and be like, well, they said, sorry, if I offended anybody and that's not okay. And like, I get that, you know, I understand that, but it's almost like setting people up to like not even be able to really move forward and continue to live their lives. And sometimes they are just doing it to get people the backlash to ease up a little bit and it doesn't feel necessarily authentic and yeah it's I, I i just don't see it working it doesn't really work all the time yeah and i mean there's so many wheels involved in that whole thing when you have a pr person that's advocating for you and trying to to deal with you but my thing is like anytime there's transparency and an apology just know it's not authentic yes oh if you can see right through it like yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be a curtain in the way right <laughs> Yes. Oh, God, I love the way you put that. Yeah, for sure. But one of the other thoughts, Shar, that I had when you um, were bringing up about how, like, applying um, forgiveness or even cancel culture when it comes to someone like, for example, Donald Trump, if somebody talks badly about someone, like, you should be, you should feel a kind of way when somebody says something bad, regardless of who the person is. So, like, if somebody were to, um offend hillary and that bothers you you should also have the same response if they were to offend donald trump Mm. whether you like you know like something in the sense of that like an attack on one is an attack on all and it's like you shouldn't necessarily say that the behavior is excusable in one situation and not excusable in another yes there are no exceptions to this law that we are here to love And there's only one of us here. So anytime we're attacking anybody else, as Marianne Williamson says, like, imagine the axe falling right on your own head. Like, we're not separate by any stretch of the imagination. And we're all connected. Everybody subconsciously knows everything. We're all one. And so anything that we're saying against another person is basically, you know, it has to come from us. So we are the generating and the source of that kind of communication. And so it can't but exist you know, and it's, it's, an, it's an attack on yourself, ultimately. And that's the way that I choose my words very deliberately and impeccably. I try to anyway. We can't really make exceptions to the rule. 
No. And we're, at the end of the day, we're all human. Every single one of us. Like, you know, even if you are like a divine being embodied in human flesh, you are still human. And everything that comes with being human still applies to you. So we are fallible. We're going to make mistakes. There are going to be times when you, you even consider your words to the most yes. cautious degree that you might say something that, you know, offends somebody or everything is a learning process. Everything is an opportunity to do better yeah. or be better. Yeah. So I think this conversation is really great for anybody that just wants to be an ally for a community or somebody who is important to them that they kind of want to step up to be a, a bit more of a supportive role. Yes. And learning how love and Venus, uh, if that's something that people are curious to, to investigate, that that can be a framework for them to communicate and, and understand one another. Absolutely. Yes. Beautiful. So. so freaking beautiful. Yeah, it's really just about seeing everybody as your brother and recognizing, again, that we all make mistakes and we all should be extended the opportunity to grow and like even when it comes to to Donald Trump, when I think about him, you know, and judge like in li- looking at the world, like I said, we can't really judge things as good or bad or right or wrong. And so, if I'm going to look at someone like Donald Trump from a very objective standpoint, the lesson that I see for myself in observing him is that he's somebody who is fully self-expressed and is basically unstoppable in creating his goals and then we all have the right to be fully self-expressed and unstoppable in whatever we want to create in the world. And that's why I shared also how Marianne Williamson is so inspiring to me. You know, she got up again in the face of no agreement and people not taking her seriously or hearing her to take a stand. And that inspires me again to want to be great and to continue creating building and doing what my mission and my calling is on the planet yeah absolutely and that's everything i mean that's what i want for everyone i mean especially through typed out is for you to live in your most authentic bombastic form of expression as long as the intent is to do the most good and to support everyone and say that there is space for everyone to be who they are yes yes yeah yeah and there is space for everybody to be who we are and I, I just I love that you are creating this space with such a beautifully diverse cast of characters. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And Shar, where can we find more about you and your work? And what are some of the services that you might offer for anyone who's interested? Yeah, so one of the places where I am most frequently active is on Instagram. And you can follow me on Instagram at Ms. Chartreuse, and that's M-I-Z-C-H-A-R-T-R-E-U-S-E. And my website is thevenusacademy.com, and it's the Lifestyle Masterclass of Love. And so I'm constantly creating new programs and women's masterminds and different ways that we can connect to transform the relationship paradigm. And I offer two services at the moment, and one is called the Cosmic Tea Astrology Reading, where I can help you (laughs) to understand your birth chart. And then the Venus Talks, that's my second service, and that's the one I really enjoy because that really dives into the core of your life and how we show up in relationships. And 
what I'm really enjoying about this is I'm connecting with people all around the world and it's not just about, oh my gosh, women looking for men and all of that. Like it's not even just about that. But you know, I do obviously consult on that kind of like romantic intimate partnerships. But yeah. Also just about again how we relate to everything in life because everything in life is relationships. So whether it's about me supporting you through any challenges in your professional life or connecting with your family members or healing the mother wound, um, connecting with friends, just the way that we show up and relate to the world is the emphasis on my Venus talks. So that is, um, those are the two services. And I'm also getting ready to launch a new program this summer. It's going to come out in about a month. And so if you just go to my website and sign up for the mailing list, then you can be informed on when that all is coming out and I've had so many different relationships over the course of my life and so I'm really able to speak with authority because I've made all of the mistakes that you could possibly make in relationships (laughs) okay so I can always help you create a breakthrough in whatever challenge that you might be experiencing and especially even for like maybe first generation people or I, you know, I, I, I think I've experienced so much that I really enjoy connecting and supporting people in causing miraculous breakthroughs in whatever they are up to in the world. It's beautiful stuff. Yes. So everyone listening along, I mean, I can only encourage that you do follow Miss Chartreuse, especially on Instagram, because I love the stuff that you post there and definitely dive into some of the offerings that Char has because it will 100% be worth the time. Thank you. And once more, if you would like to listen to The Law of Divine Compensation by Marianne Williamson, you can do so by going to audibletrial.com forward slash typed out. Again, you can begin your 30-day trial and listen along to Marianne's book narrated by Marianne herself for free. So... And I believe she has a bunch of um, other books on there as well. And she always does her own narration. And she just, I love her message. She has such a soothing tone of voice. And you really feel like you're in good, loving hands with her. So, yes. Well, Shar, thank you again for joining me here on the Typed Out Podcast today. And for all of our listeners, if you have enjoyed listening to this episode or any of our episodes, we encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. You can do that on your favorite listening platform, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on Stitcher. And we are always available on our website, www.typedout.co. And I will leave that to you. Shar, thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been such a pleasure. I love you. Love you too. And we'll talk soon. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.